UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Is this like an hour or? Yeah, an hour. Welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have with me a fascinating guest today, someone who's been a beacon for disclosure and also has been a leader in the spiritual and consciousness community, um, someone that we all need to look up to very highly, um, Laura Eisenhower. And I also have hosting with, co-hosting with me, excuse me, is Maya. She uh, helps me out with my channel. Um, she does uh, Reiki and quantum healing hypnosis. It's aura hypnosis. She studies under Aurora. Um, so she's going to be co-hosting with me tonight. She was actually nice enough. She set this up for me and her and Laura. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, a little more about my main guest, Laura. She's a global alchemist, researcher, and medical and intuitive, intuitive astrologist. She's an internationally acclaimed speaker who has presented her work worldwide. Laura is the great-granddaughter of President Dwight David Eisenhower, and she reveals exopolitical information about his administration that has been largely held in secrecy. She is considered by many to be one of North America's leading researchers on health, exopolitics, alchemy, metaphysics, and galactic history. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Uh, Laura, thank you for joining me. And Maya, how are you? I'm well. I'm excited. Welcome, Laura. Ah, good to be here. Thanks, Rob and Maya, for having me. Yeah. Um, excited. So I I guess I wanted to start off by asking you was I wanted to talk about your early childhood, like how you got, did you first start receiving downloads or did you always know that you were like special or like having psychic abilities, getting downloads? Um, was it different for you in that respect? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot was coming in. Um, <clears throat> like something preparing me, I guess you could say, yeah, never really left me alone. So trying to express it to people wasn't always easy. And I think a lot of people have this in common with me when you just have an extraordinary sort of mission and it hits you at a young age and you're processing it. It's like, what do you do with it? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of downloads were coming in. And so I just observed, I just observed a lot. We grew up in this family and got to know everybody really well, got to really know the family really well and really impressed by everybody, my aunts and uncles and cousins. And just, um, it's very different than 
what you might see in other presidential bloodlines because uh, it's not Illuminati deep state. And, and there's so much of that. So I think people assume that Eisenhower's must also be, but no, that's not the case. And if it was, I would be sharing about my experience, but it just isn't. So it's just very interesting to see uh, and observe. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't pay much attention in school. I was like too busy processing all this other stuff. Like what in the F, how did I end up here <laughs> in this family? And, and just uh, given all the information about the greater mission, um, pretty much took most of my attention. So it was very hard to concentrate on much else. <laughs> Would you say that, did you say that I getting back to, you know, how you said your family was different. I wanted to like riff off that and just say that, like, did you notice that, that, that your great grandfather was different than other presidents when you probably heard about his famous speech? And I know, you know, this where he said, beware of the military industrial complex. Do you think that was kind of what separated him as a white hat and like, yeah, well, he actually established the White Hats. So, yeah, um, I, I remember at my grandfather, Ike's son, Dwight's son, um, uh, funeral, when he transitioned, we, we went to West Point for it. And I remember my Aunt Mary said, you know, um, Eisenhower was the first whistleblower. He's the one that, and I'm like, whoa, she's speaking my language. Not like we could have these deeper conversations, but um, there, there's a lot of, incredible exchanges and synchronicities that have taken place as far as the conversations um, with my family. And yeah, I mean, he, he warned us, uh, he would set things um, in motion to protect us uh, because he knew what was going on. He was briefed. Uh, he had access to information that he wouldn't have gotten if he didn't uh, form a relationship with Balfour because around 1947, there was uh, information that the president couldn't even access way above top secret. So, but because they are masters at psyops and false flags, they were able to steer a narrative that has created a bit of a false disclosure that um, has laid the blame on him when actually uh, he didn't, you know, sign any treaties. So it's been uh, a lot of digging and a lot of researching and meeting a lot of people and going through my own experiences to be able to, connect all the dots and unearth this hidden information from people that are very legit, um, who have been able to uh, preserve the truth of what really took place instead of the false history that we're being told. Yeah, do you think you it was know, something similar I wanted similar to ask like... you, Laura. Oh, go ahead, sorry, Maya. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to ask you, have you heard, I there's a girl, Indigo Angel, she has a channel and I heard her talking and she was saying how, it was actually um, Hitler, uh, Winston Churchill, and Al Shagrari. Um, yeah, that actually made the deals. With, right. That, with... That's Lisa Renee's information. Yeah, from energeticsynthesis.com. Yeah, I've been sharing that for quite some time. And that came into my awareness around 2015, 2016. But now with Dan Cooper, the senior advisor to the Earth Alliance and Elena Danan's information and um, the research of Alex Collier and his contact experiences. It's it's really just brought up so much more than I can begin to even put into words. Um, yeah, about how that links to Churchill, okay. Crowley and Hitler and, and, and the dealings with the ETs actually began in the 1930s. But I mean, we know it goes way deeper than that 
Atlantean cataclysms, Anunnaki, you know, a lot of it just went underground, but treaties are just sort of a superficial thing um, for the government sort of dealings. But when we look at the multi-layers of the secret space programs and the pyramid structure of the Illuminati, um, there's many different levels and there's a lot of compartmentalism. So the treaties aren't as important or even make much of a difference compared to just what the ICC Nazi Draco Alliance is really about, the Black Suns and the Sons of Belial and these deeper dark agendas connected to negative aliens um, and their dark technologies. And I know that can kind of go over people's heads a little bit, so I'll kind of stop there. <laughs> Well, no, if you want, you can go into it a little bit, because I was going to say, what about William Tompkins' info, where he said that he thought that the Americans were working with a group of, you know, Nordics, and um, and uh, that the Nazis were working with a group of reptilians. Is that is that kind of what was going on? Because you would say Val Thor, maybe William Tompkins thought he was a Nordic? Well, I, Val Thor wasn't connected to the Nordics as far as, like, Nordic species. I mean, there's not like all negative or service to self, service to others within any one species. Just like in humanity, we see all different types of individuals based on the way you orientate yourself and who you align with. Um, you know, the Nordics were not considered very benevolent as far as humankind is concerned because of eugenics, the Aryan race and... Um, how the Nordics and the Dracos ended up forming an alliance. So the so-called first contact, which I don't really think is as legit as some of the whistleblowers are stating, and it's not to discredit the whistleblowers, they just didn't have access because of compartmentalism to these levels above the top secret. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the first contact, which was supposed to, or supposedly um, was a, you know, positive exchange with the Nordics. Well, when you look at the Nordics and their connection with the Dracos, the Nordics are not somebody to necessarily like trust right off the bat, right? And what really took place though, which would make one question with whether a first contact really happened is that there was a unconditional surrender agreement in 1952 under Truman, um, right around the time that the UFOs flew over Washington, D.C. around July um, in 1952, which was before uh, the election and before the inauguration, before Eisenhower stepped into office, there was a surrender to the Nazis. And that infiltration, um, you know, was, was further solidified after the 1947 um, infiltration of Project Paperclip you know, from Second World War into the United States government and how his tentacles spread all over the world. So as that began to build and the three-letter organizations began to develop and things like MJ-12 and all these, you know, different, like, factions that were connected to these ET uh, um, treaties and exchanges of technology, uh, abductions and, and so forth, uh, yeah, that, that that had been going on uh, for quite some time. So by the time Eisenhower stepped into office, 1952, after the inauguration, and moving into 1930, uh, 1953, 1954, and what we hear about the Griotta Treaty and moving beyond that, that's when he started to get to know Val Thor. That's when he put in place 
the Earth Alliance. He was able to petition the sphere beings, the guardians, and through Balthor, he was able to set up the Earth Alliance and the White Hats and something called Ike's Force, the USMC special section. And what that does is it takes super soldiers that have been in the 20 and backs connected to the Draco Nazis um, and, and utilize those advanced skills that super soldiers have to direct it towards something benevolent. So the positive military that we see in the world today, um, Eisenhower set up covertly because he couldn't really put it out there out of um, the need to protect uh, all of it. And what ended up happening instead was this false narrative being steered is that Eisenhower signed the deal with the Greys and he's the one that sold us out. And that's absolutely not true. So um, when I first started doing presentations and I was bringing that info uh, forward, I, I was only really sharing whistleblower testimony like Gerald Light and John Lear and other people that had access to this kind of information. And what Elena said was, yes, there was a meeting, but it wasn't the meeting where he signed a treaty that he attended. And then getting to know Dan Cooper, he was the senior advisor to Earth Alliance, who I've gotten to know and I've had a lot of um, multiple email exchanges and text messages with. Um, he really like confirmed what Elena was saying, what Alex has said, and what everybody else has been um, saying, that it was impossible that he would have um, been able um, to sign any treaty. And, and actual fact, what took place is um, he set, you know, these things up. So the dots are really starting to connect. And folks like Michael Sala and Dan Willis, who've been doing the research and listening to voices and experiencers and contactees like Elena and Alex, um, you know, Dan Cooper, you know, the senior advisor to the Earth Alliance has been a, like a huge piece. And that's only been in the last two years. So when I first started sharing, I knew there was way more. And so Lisa Renee, and when she, you know, was disclosing the, uh, during Roosevelt's administration, the Aleister Crowley, Winston Churchill and Adolf Hitler, um, it made a whole lot of sense as far as the Nordics and all that is concerned and the fall of Atlantis, the dark Lords of Atlantis and how, you know, that began um, this whole kind of, you know, continuation of the Orion Wars and uh, the negative alien agenda to generate artificial timelines and continue the sort of harvesting, satanic ritual abuse, adrenochrome, great alien abduction, secret space program, and how that is all really to uh, put us in an inverted system so that they can vampire off of us and create a reality that sustains them, but limits us and enslaves us, right? So Eisenhower knew this and his warning <laughs> was like, yo, but he could only say so much. And uh, then he was briefed that um, somebody would be born into the family that would blow the lid off of it and would continue what he couldn't as far as being able to speak about it. So all the dots are connecting and it's just like, whoa, you know, cause he was uh, visiting me a lot as a child. And I'm like, man, what is going on here? And just how like I track, like when I look back, how I gather all these pieces and then refusing to go off planet in 2006 when they wanted to take me off planet to go to Mars to be a permanent colonist. It was just like, you know, I had the guides and him and Val Thor and the guardians really helping me to um, really work the organic ascension timeline and refuse anything else. Because as we know, one of their great tactics is trickery, you know, convincing you uh, that, oh, yo, put you in this important position and we have to do that. You, you know, like um, they fooled a lot of well-intentioned people. So a lot of the whistleblowers, they, they do disclose a lot of truth. 
but they did not have access to certain levels of truth. So folks like Phil Schneider and William Cooper, William Cooper, who wrote the book, you know, Beyond the Pale Horse, Phil Schneider, who um, was involved with creating underground bases. He was in the Dulce Wars, the later Dulce Wars. That actually, Eisenhower initiated Dulce, um, a war on the underground base of Dulce way before the Dulce Wars that Phil Schneider talks about. They weren't given that access. So those whistleblowers that talk about Eisenhower signing treaties, they were well-intentioned. It's not like they were purposely lying. They just didn't have access to the information um, that uh, says otherwise. Alex said it was a, a moon, moon unit, um, a, a different, a higher level of the NSA that nobody has access to. And then with Elena and Dan Cooper saying MJ-12 signed it behind his back, um, most of the people that were working for the government that became whistleblowers um, w- weren't given you know, that information. Why would they want to give them that information? Because you know, you know, if you run the risk of having somebody be a whistleblower, you're not going to want them to disclose this kind of stuff. So this is why uh, what I've discovered in the last couple of years is so important because this has never come to light. This is the most top secret of top secret. Now that it's finally come to light, um, it's just sort of like cats out of the bag, guys. You know, like, um, you know, too many people know now, like, what are you going to do with it? And their, their, their forces are weakening and the white hats and the positive military is rising and humanity is awakening. And um, I, I really do feel that we're um, headed for victory. And obviously it's a war that we must win within because it's now a war on consciousness. So I feel like that warning. And when he said uh, only a knowledgeable and aware citizenry can combat this. And, and the end of his speech was very much about, you know, the spiritual component of it all and our need to be sovereign and just really do the research and be self-aware that's what it really comes down to because we are the disclosure. We can't wait on the governments because they're so compromised. After Eisenhower's administration, pretty much every president since has been groomed um, through the three-letter organizations um, and have been dealing with the multi-generational trauma-based mind control kind of programs. And um, yeah, so that's kind of a mouthful right there. <laughs> well, do you think it's like that we're at a point where we are in a spiritual war and wow. we need to, we, where it's like we need to like kind of like you know the phrase "know thyself," because that with the technology the government has, they can kind of implant thoughts in your head, voice to skull technology, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it's out of, yeah, it's big time right now. I mean, look at the headlines. I mean, like the most unbelievable headlines. It's like, yeah, continue. Yeah, um, I was I was finished. Mine. Did you have a question? Did- I just wanted to say. Um- I, I also heard something about the whole Galactic Federation thing. And so I did a session um, yesterday and I'm going to be sharing it. But one thing that they said is that remember that there's polarities and everything. There is good. So even though it's coming from the Galactic Federation, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's from the benevolence. So there's two. So just in everything, just like there's good grays, there's bad grays. <laughs> You know, um, so I thought that was really interesting. I said, okay, Um, because I know that they also said that um, there was a certain particular group that was helping uh, Mr. T. So I was like, okay, so the information is going to be coming out sooner or later. But I also wanted to mention that um, I got to meet a new race and they were called the Sarconians and they were cousins to the Draconians. And one message that we're getting to the collective is that, hey, the greys lied to you. They're, they lied. They're breaking their treaties with everybody. So once it's getting out there, so now, like, 
wait till you see the session. It's going to be amazing. So I just wanted to throw that out there that um, there's more, or there's other, these, there's more races than we think. There's not just the Draconians and the Reptilians, there's also the Sarconians now. So there you go. Yeah. Well, there's, there's yeah, that's all I wanted. And it's all in, encoded within us. I mean, we're multidimensional. We have higher harmonic universes in our DNA. And it's just important that we switch ourselves on and go connect with our own inner truth so that we can discern, you know, what, what is benevolent um, and what is kind of AI. Cause they have, you know, technologies that can cloak very dark beings and looking like they are um, benevolent or light beings, you know, there's imposters. Uh, so, yeah. So I don't tend to talk or channel, um, and I, but, but, but I feel confident in those that are channelers that um, we know amongst us. But um, there are a lot of uh, imposters, that's for sure. And I was going to ask you, can you talk about like when you yes. got recruited to go off planet, like how that all unfolded? Because like, was that like a kind of like when it hit you hard when you're like, okay, this is all very real. There's bigger things at play here, and it's 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 bigger bigger stakes, I guess, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that attention has been on me um, all my life and I could tell that there was some sort of attention on me that I later discovered was hidden weaponry. I went to a clairvoyant institute when I was in California. I was planning on going to an herbal school and it kind of, I just sort of bumped into it. It sort of found me. I wasn't really seeking it out. And um, yeah, the minute I entered the room and sat down with a group of people there, um, one of the psychics there said, you know, Eisenhower's here, like, uh, and I, at the end of the session, which was, uh, with a whole big group of people, there having sort of a fair where, you know, like invite people in and do have a mini reading and, you know, try this out and see what it's like. Uh, so yeah, they bumped into me and I was just, you know, wandering around and I was, you know, just kind of being a mom, taking my kids to school, trying to work. Um, and pursue just, yeah, the herbal thing. And they bumped into me and brought me in. And when they said that, I was like, whoa, okay, somebody's very psychic here. And okay, these are legit, you know, psychics. And so I went up to the woman at the end and I said, wow, okay, you mentioned Eisenhower. And, and she, oh yeah, he came in the room when you walked in the room. Yeah, he's your spirit guy. He's like with you. And that's when I really started to work a lot of energy and understand the weaponry and the attention on me and how long it's been there and how, um, it was really hard to manifest anything in my life or to create anything in my life without something disrupting it. They put a lot of plants on my path or compromised people like the voice of skull, like you guys were talking about, you know, somebody who's just, uh, has no idea, um, what maybe took over them can all of a sudden be all of a sudden targeted to go and be weaponized to harm somebody like me, you know, or anybody, you know, like you guys or anybody who has a mission, right. That is looking to, you know, change things for the better. So I had a lot of that where partners and friends would all of a sudden like not be themselves anymore. I'm like, what has happened? And then I started to re uh, learn about the dark technologies and their tactics. And that really helped me, but they couldn't help me. It helped me to have the clarity, but they couldn't make it go away. Um, it was sort of like, okay, well, that's what is happening. Good luck. Uh, when I ended it, uh, my time there and right after it is when I got recruited. So when I got recruited to go off planet, 
yeah, and the way it all just sort of came about, yeah, I mean, it was through meeting somebody that I had a connection with. He was going to secret meetings. He was starting to bring me into this whole concept of colonizing Mars um, with a target date, 2012. And this was around 2006. And uh, they used looking glass technologies to locate us in a previous lifetime so that they made sure that it was somebody that I already had uh, an affinity or a soul connection with. And they pulled him in and um, God only knows what they did to him. But uh, he would, yeah, I, I noticed he was answering phone calls and getting like um, instructions that would cause him to take off and disappear for days and then not remember where he went or what missions he was doing. And he'd always refer to a handler. I didn't have a handler. I wasn't in these projects, but, and I didn't have access to the people he did but when I was like, like tuning into it, like, okay, you want to go to Mars. So this is not just like some sort of thing that the whole population is going to know about. Um, this is something in secrecy, you know, in the event of cataclysms, I'm like, okay, well, it seems like a well-intentioned thing, but then, you know, understanding things like harp and geoengineering and artificial timelines. And I'd already done a lot of research in that. I'm like, why would we need to evacuate mother earth? And why do they want me to go to Mars? Um, uh, so I thought we just met in an organic way and I just met somebody who wanted to go to Mars. Then I found out later in their relationship that he was sent specifically. They had tracked me and they had put him just like he gets the calls to go on a mission to find me and then pull me in. And he admitted that to me after about six months into the relationship, after we had already moved in together, because we definitely, you know, had the relationship and they were kind of monitoring like, OK, don't say too much because she'll freak out and she'll leave kind of deal. And I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but basically um, he eventually admitted, well, I didn't meet you in an organic way at that little festival when, you know, I moved from California and that clairvoyant institute where, you know, they helped me to understand things. I had moved home to DC and I went to this gathering where I met him. He said, I didn't really meet you in that sort of way that you just thought was just a natural meeting. They sent me to that place to meet you so I could bring you in so that we would go to Mars. And I said, whoa, okay. So we didn't just like kind of meet and hit it off. You were sent you, this was a mission. He said, yeah. And when he told me that he had to unplug all the electronics, you know, the cell phone battery, like hide the computers. He's like, they're listening and tracking us. And I'm just like, what is going on? My kids were like nine years old or 10 years old. And I'm like, I'm not going to Mars, you know? Okay. So this isn't just some invitation I can turn down this is something that they are determined to make sure I do. And he said, yeah. And he said, if you say no, they're going to take you anyway. And um, that's when uh, the fire really got lit in me. And I was like, I don't think so. Uh, and I had no fear of them, but I'm like, you're not taking me. You're not taking my boys. I'm not going to Mars. I'm like here with mother earth and I'm all about the organic ascension timeline and this greater disclosure connected to Eisenhower, the exopolitical, landscape of it all and uncovering what really took place because in Eisenhower's administration, there was alternatives one, two, and three. Alternative three had to do with colonizing Mars. And, uh, and that was linked to why I was recruited. And also they wanted to get me off planet. So I was told so that I wouldn't be able to do the work that I'm doing here. And um, so that really opened it up for me. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm just researching or I heard about this with Eisenhower. This was like, whoa, because this group is called the Aviary. They're connected to MJ-12. They have their hands on this alien technology. And if anybody looks it up, if you Google it, the Aviary, and you put the name John Alexander, 
and I believe it's spelled J-O-N, um, you will see it, uh, a collection of strange birds. They have code names, right? And you'll see what they're affiliated with. But all the nefarious stuff that they were up to was hidden when I uh, had met my partner. I wasn't able to really meet all the rest of them, but he was going to meetings with them. And they had cover occupations, like Hal Putoff, his handler, was like a physicist in Austin, Texas, or Pete Peterson, or Richard Doty, or um, Jack Sarfati, um, some people that have big names in the UFO community that have been putting out a lot of disinformation, I've come to find out. And anyway, they had cover occupations that were covering up the fact that they were actually linked to psychotronic weaponry, artificial tele telepathy, my labs, gang stalking. And um, they had used him as bait to drag me into all of this for us to be a couple and then to go to Mars because they knew I couldn't be mind controlled. They were like, oh, but she can be heart controlled because she's all about like love. And sure, she'll go anywhere with like somebody that she's in love with from a past life. They, they are that like cunning, right? Like the genius villain, right? And their code names are like owl and penguin. So yeah, you guys can look it up on the internet. Um, the aviary, a collection of strange birds. And so they have a cover facade. But the deeper layers I was like tuning into and I was researching research. I'm like, I know they're connected to some dark stuff. Not everybody in the group is, but a lot of them are. And they're using well-intentioned people. And they're actually my labbing them and creating artificial telepathy and da 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 and so I tried to warn my partner. I'm like, oh my God, like I was figuring it out. I'm like, these guys aren't okay. This isn't just like, let's evacuate the earth because there's going to be cataclysms. So I'm like, they're connected to this and they're connected to that. And um, this is really dangerous. And and that's when it really started to explode. I'm like, whoa, okay. And, and the whole concept of timelines and why would we have to go to Mars? And so I couldn't kind of rescue him from all that, but I rescued me and my boys from it. And um, then... Uh, yeah, that website that confirmed my suspicions and what I had researched didn't come out till a couple of years after I got recruited. And when it came out, I was like, it validated everything that I was suspicious of because every once in a while, I was like, well, what if it was well-intentioned? What if like, you know, it was important to go to Mars and set up a colony to protect the human genome because there's going to be a, like an event or a disaster. But it confirmed that, no, these guys have their hands on dark technology. They are behind the engineering of artificial timelines and they're working with the grays and the dracos but they'll use well-intentioned people like my partner and others and prop them up as some sort of hero to go off to mars to have a protective colony for humans to survive the cataclysms so yeah this is like me raising my kids like what in the f and you can't really talk to people about it you know most people have like considered me crazy since i first came out some people come back and apologize <laughs> But um, yeah, that's pretty much been it. So my book will be published. It'll make a lot more sense. I know it's hard to get it all out in an interview, but um, that's my attempt to kind of give you the summary. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you what you your thoughts were with, I, I know you were friends with Andrew Basago and uh, Maya, you're muted, by the way. I think you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're muted. Um, but um, I was going to say, when you met Andrew Basago, did that give you more confirmations on the, what you already knew was true? And like, what did you think of his whole story and how it connected with yours about the Mars? Yeah. Well, Michael Sala, Alfred Lambermont Weber, and Andrew Bishago were the first three individuals that I got in touch with before I became more public. And Alfred Weber and Andrew Bishago and I had done a few articles. We were connecting dots about, you know, some of the time travel stuff connected to um, 
Andrew being in Project Pegasus. Andrew Bishago said that in 1972, a year before I was born, they were talking about me um, and they were aware that I was going to be born and they had pre-targeted me and they wanted him and I to actually run uh, or, or potentially be president, vice president, or like be like a team. Now, there is sort of a benevolent side to it and then there's a dark side to it. And this is uh, something that we run into or that you know takes place within these three letter organizations. Sort of like you got the black hats, you got the white hats, you got the positive intel, you got the negative, you know, and and you got your spooks, you got your spies, and you, you know, it's like in the compartmentalism, it's 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 kind of like nuts. So I'm not as privy to the project stuff as people like Andrew because I wasn't in the project. I was just recruited to go off planet, which is different than being raised in a project where you're experimented upon or you're used as a guinea pig to see if these technologies actually work because Andrew Bashago was time traveled and teleported to Mars. He was time traveled back to the time of the Gettysburg Address. Um, he used Chronovision, you know, similar kind of technologies that one would see with like Montauk and Montauk chair. And, um, and those projects uh, are somewhat linked, but not completely and totally. And again, I wasn't there. I never worked for any of these organizations um, I'm just trying to figure it out kind of from the outside, just like, what is going on? So when I met Andrew <laughs> and he said that I was pre-targeted uh, before birth and, uh, um, you know, and and we decided to blow the lid off all of this and expose as much as we could about, you know, Mars colonies and life on Mars. Um, one of our joint quotes had to do with, you know, none of this should be secret. This shouldn't be kept from the public. People are voting people into office um, without knowing you know, the, the, the deeper layers of, of, of all of this and who these individuals are. Like, for example, Barry Satora, who's Obama, uh, Barack Obama, was in the Mars training program with Andrew Bishago and Project Pegasus uh, at uh, College of the Siskiyous in Mount Shasta area. And actually, McLeod Market in Weed, California, is where his father supposedly time traveled. And I remember one of Andrew Bishago's story was, he was a kid and they drove up to McLeod Market. His dad walks in clean shaven and he comes out with a full beard. Like he had just experienced God, how many years. And Andrew was just talking about all these anomalies as a child, you know, and there, there was another place um, in Cerritos, New Mexico. I actually used to live in Cerritos, New Mexico, near Madrid and um, between Santa Fe and Madrid um, and Cerritos. There was a place in Cerritos where they had, some of that technology. I never was brought into that. Some might think, well, maybe you were abducted and taken and you just don't remember. Well, I've done a lot of hypnoregression and done a lot of energy work and nothing has shown up yet. But anyway, a lot of dots did connect when I met Andrew Bashago for sure. And um, basically they saw us as somewhat of a team. But when you look at the Mars training program with folks like Barry Satora, Regina Dugan, and folks that have been uh, part of these three-letter organization, uh, kind of grooming uh, a president kind of operations and projects. Um, I was always concerned, like, you know, about the whole sleeper agent, Manchuria candidate thing, um, like we see with, you know, what happened with Obama. You know, it's like you can see a benevolent side of a particular leader and people can really believe in that leader and what they stand for. But one flip of a switch because of those technologies, because of alters, that person can completely be a different person running operations um, that uh, are serving the dark side. And so Andrew Bishago was a very brave whistleblower to help, you know, expose all that. But he had gone through so much as a child that, you know, he's recovered from being legally blind. He's got so many symptoms connected to 
um, you know, what happens to the physical body when you're time traveled and you're, you know, being launched into different, you know, places on the timeline. It took a toll on his physical health, you know, and then when you look at 20 and backs or just the whole uh, secret space program thing, and we know a lot of people that have been in that, you know, the age regression where you can literally age and then all of a sudden you age reverse. I never went through any of that, but I have no doubts because God knows how many people I've met that have been through the 20 and backs that have age regressed after, you know, like Tony Rodriguez, for example, he's got an incredible story. I um, mean, he's written a book about it. Um, uh, yeah, you, 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 you go serve 20 years, um, but it's like a blip, like five minutes. You know, you just wake up and you're back in your life, but you just served 20 years. So Andrew Bishago, uh went through something similar, uh, but different, similar technologies, right? So who only knows, you know, all the different, I mean, there's at least 10 or more levels of the secret space programs. Yeah. Uh, what technologies, who has, and what, um, I, I, I'm not an expert of, but I know the sphere beings don't even need technologies. But when you look at the lo lower uh, levels, um, down to the interplanetary uh, corporate conglomerate and military industrial complex, you know, that's more on a ground level, but then, you know, there's levels beyond and then solar warden, but the earth Alliance is very much, um, uh, not, uh, considered a, a, a huge problem for the Draco Alliance. Um, and Eisenhower put it in motion and, um, uh, to safeguard us and to ensure that there would be victory and that we would conquer this and take down the Dracos. And, and this is a war we all win. So this isn't just him. This is all of us, right? This is us determining that, you know, through us recognizing that we're the most advanced technology in our awakening, that's how we're going to crush um, this dark agenda and, and not go down a trajectory that the artificial timeline um, represents. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I was thinking when you were mentioning that they can flip a switch on a president, I, I made, I thought about that. Do you think that they can also like, if they needed to, like they can shape shift into, and they can also like body snatch, like, you know, where an entity will actually possess a politician and, and it, get it to do its bidding to a certain yes, degree. I haven't seen that firsthand, but from the stories that I've heard. Yeah. I mean, the hybrids, I mean, they're hybrids, right? They have reptilian DNA, these 13 families. Um, they're actually a very advanced race, the Orifem and the reptilian DNA, the trauma-based multi-generational mind control aspect of it and the abuse and torture is to be able to create those attachments with the demonics, with the negative alien agenda, which is possession, right? Yeah. So when these rituals happen, it's like they're not really in their human self anymore. And there's an agreement or there's just, they're just kind of in it. They're born into it where they're no longer themselves and this other thing possesses them and they do whatever you, and allow their vessels to be used by these darker negative forces um, to, uh, you know, and how that relates also to the grace, you know, and, and the AI technology and all these different levels of secret space programs to, uh, yeah, to establish the um, 1% or the elites or the globalists or whatever you want to call them that have tentacles all over the world that have uh, infiltrated the entertainment industry, politics, religion, everything, um, school systems, police force, as we know, pretty much everything under the sun is right under our noses. It's in our cities. It's in our communities. I was, I just did a reading with somebody today and she was talking about, you know, people approaching her on campus. Uh, she wanted to be a medical doctor. She was approached on campus to be a part of a ritual to be buried alive. And then if she were able to go through that ritual, she would have been promoted to be, 
you know, one of the most successful people in the field. And like, I never participate in that kind of stuff. And when I hear about it, it's just like, it's right under our noses and under universities, at universities, hospitals, you know, and even like the, um, the cover-ups, like the, uh, the one in England um, with the two kids, you know, they're like, yeah, our headmistress was at the rituals, you know, our teachers were there. So it's, it's, it's not just, you know, just over there, like the Royal family or just in the government's. It's literally the tentacles have spread to our cities, to our communities, to our schools, to our hospitals, to our police force. And there's a lot of people participating that are um, infiltrators, right? And and the well-intentioned people don't probably know, but they're probably not invited because they're not one of them. But they're the ones that would be like the, the dirty cops that are part of the pedophilia and human trafficking aspect of it. Or, you know, the, the major crimes of, you know, drug smuggling and, you know, uh, using people to be you know, trained assassins or, or, or mules. I mean, it's just, it's nuts what's going on under our feet. And as we know, like Getty Museum and underground Hollywood and the tunnels and, and all that's being exposed and how distracted, you know, people are away from all of that and how targeted that has all been with the censorship um, and how people are just turning a blind eye. And uh, yeah, instead they're pushing these false movements and obsessing over, this divide and conquer tactic that is really, um, you know, messing up the brains and, and, and uh, just the innocence of our children with this indoctrination. And it's, it's getting worse, but, it, but, but it's getting worse because it's about to snap. So when things get to such an extreme, there's a potential of a huge breakthrough where it's just like, what is this nonsense? Right. And a lot of star seeds being born that are not going to fall for this crap, but it's, it's, it's pretty heavy as we know what they're doing how compromised doctors and teachers are too, you know, with the pandemic crap. But yeah, it's all reaching kind of ahead to the point of ridiculousness that, you know, that is part of the great awakening. Like how much more absurd can it get until you realize it's not about right or left. It's not political. It's about yes. uh, a much larger spiritual war. Oh my God. My, my hair is all going crazy. I look crazy. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you what, I guess a simple question would be, and I, I guess, Oh, I get this from a lot of my subscribers because they always hear me saying, I tell people to rise up and stuff like that. But like, how do we fight back in a smart way to where we can win at the end? We got to start just at, at, just on the ground level, you know, in the micro world, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your partner. If you don't have a partner, your relationship with yourself in your home and your community and the earth and nature, and uh, just making sure that you are not, it's sort of like if you were to want to break up with a narcissist or an abuser, you want to cut the cords and you want to move on, right? If yeah. you are still uh, energetically corded to this person, you can't really move on, right? You're going to be looping in some sort of like maybe court battle or this person won't leave you alone. Maybe they're going to stalk you, you know, or you can't get them off your mind or you repeat the same pattern. You meet somebody who's similar because you're looping because you haven't healed yourself or found the boundaries or learn to protect yourself. So on a micro level, we can learn everything we need to learn about the bigger picture. So we need to cut the cords with um, the matrix, the false system, the inverted system, the parasitic vampiric system. Where are we still attached to it? Where do we still have dependency on it? Where do we still allow them to trigger us into fear and, and answer to an outer authority? And we need to check ourselves you know, and ask ourselves, you know, and when it shows up and we realize, okay, I'm still dependent on this level. Okay. Cut the cords. Now we can't completely cut the cords and just all be off the grid. I mean, we're all trying. A lot of us are already doing that. Like, hello, Maya. And, um, 
but some, you know, still have to show up to work and um, still might, you know, be taking prescription medication, might still be relying on a paycheck, might still have your kids in the school, but don't like freak out. If you know in your heart and in your greater intention that you're done, but you still have to kind of go through the motions. Well, that's at least a start. It's sort of like, you know, if you're breaking up with a narcissist or abuser, but you share property, you have children together and, and, and there's still a lot of things to work out. Okay. But at least your consciousness and your mind and your emotions have set yourself free, right? So the physical is going to catch up eventually. So just be patient and begin to figure out how you can transition away from it and, and not go into survival mode, you know, like the fear of not getting the paycheck or the fear, you know, like, where are my kids going to go if they don't go to school? That's where we come in, building community, pooling our resources together, um, where all the teachers, all the doctors, the cops uh, that, that aren't a part of the dark agenda or they, uh, that aren't compromised, that aren't um, like totally taken over. Let's pull all those people together and become a community and build from the ground up, um, you know, get land and, and then protect that land and be armed and like stand our ground and not allow anybody to enter, you know? So this is where on a local level, starting with ourselves, starting with our relationships, starting with our family, starting with our community, pulling resources together, making out, uh, making a loud announcement, like, hey, you know, come to this meeting. We're all like putting our heads together here. How can we starve this vampiric system and not compromise ourselves so that we can protect our uh, our children and future generations and, and, and do it over here. We don't need them. We have the skill sets. We have Mother Earth. And we can take those skills that we learned and not compromise ourselves by um, answering to this outer authority that's tyrannical and abusive and destructive and is not looking for our best interests. So each of us has a divine purpose in this. So just look around you. Where are you living? Do you want to stay there? And if you're there, you're there for a reason, probably. If you notice that a whole lot's not happening, maybe you're the one that needs to take that leadership role and get the ball rolling because people are going to come out of the woodworks. They're like, thank God you said something because I'm feeling the same way too. I really want to do this too. Let's join forces, right? You'd be surprised that right under your nose are a lot of people wanting to do the same thing. So don't be afraid to take the initiative and make it happen. Because the sooner we break up with that and cut the cords, it's just like in our own personal life. The sooner you can move on from that abuser and narcissist and that terrible partner, and you can move on to true love and embrace like the greater soul journey of finding soul family, soulmates, and uh, being an abundant person, a sovereign person that is working directly with Mother Earth and God's source and the multidimensional cosmos to really experience the organic ascension timeline. Look at it like you're breaking up with a freaking, I'm not going to start cussing, but it's like, we're done. We're getting a divorce. We're over. Whatever like details need to still be addressed, okay, it'll be taken care of. You know, people got your back. We're all going to hold hands together and rehabilitate. And that's the most responsible and important thing we can do and not get caught up in the petty dramas and all the plants that come in and try and disrupt community and disclosure and ascension and consciousness community, you know, where it's like, you know, because they're trying to derail us and it's not going to work. So, so much is rising out of all of it. There's a lot to look forward to because ultimately we can upgrade in the face of adversity. All these challenges are going to help remind us of who we truly are. You know, let the bullying, let the dark weapons turn it around in your mind. You know, don't let them win and capture, you know, your fears, your anxieties, your, your feeling of doom and gloom. Turn it around and say, well, thank you very much for reminding me that I got everything I could possibly need within me. And I'm going to like step up to the plate 
answer to my true divine calling and be a warrior spirit and get the F away from these, you know who, you know what. <laughs> yeah. I need to expand. It's like the sun is beaming in here. It's like, I thought it was like fall. It's like, it was super cold a couple of days ago. So, Maya, yeah. do, you have a, do you have a question? My, my audio is a bit messed up. You guys sound like um, two chipmunks talking. It's super cute. So I don't know what I sound like. So I'm probably just going to listen. You sound good. You sound No, clear. you sound good. Do you have a question? Um, so I was just, yeah, actually, you know, um, moving forward, you know, I feel like to, to make things happen those of us who have the ability i think we need to start doing more uh more light worker meetings is what i heard they're called so we need to start connecting coming together because those are the ones that that want to do the work right the grid work go to the ley lines some healing things like that yeah. so i i'm into that i i want to do that i know laura um you were just recently in florida were you did you just do a it depends you go somewhere to do some I haven't healing? been to Florida for a while, but I'll be heading to Florida uh, at a conference at the end of October. Last event I did was Shasta and San Mateo. Yeah, but I'll be heading to Florida soon. Well. Yeah, no, coming together, having meetings. That's what my Cosmic Guy subscription is. We all come together. I do many readings for people, and we just share where we're at, and um, people meet each other. And But, yeah, you know, you just – I was thinking more, January, Siesta January. Keys would be a good time. Yeah, my January is pretty darn clear. Isn't yeah. uh, isn't Aurora having a meeting in, in at that time, Maya? Oh yeah, but she's doing um, certifications. I'm already certified, so I'm trying to get my one of my friend my my new friend's sister is trying to get her certified. So I want to go down to Siesta Keys. I'm not that far. So I'm like road trip. Um, I got some sand from there. Aurora said that it's crystal port. So I had my friends ship me some sand from Florida. It's supposed to be Atlantis. Sand nice, from Atlantis. Nice. So. so that's Sarasota around Sarasota where the Stargate is. So we're, I, I'll be in Orlando at the end of the month, but Florida right? is just such an incredible state. That is so cool. So yeah, I, I know we're, we're going to sync up and, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I'm so happy to have met you, Maya. And like, I love everything that you've been sharing with me lately and everything that you're doing. You said you're in Vermont. I'm in Vermont. Yes, I left Los Angeles. I got out of the concrete jungle and came to the backwoods off grid. So that's why my connection's a bit jumpy. But yes, and I got five acres that I'm dedicating to a healing retreat for special light workers. So um, I'm looking forward to it, to, you know, getting some, some gatherings together. Yeah, I'm an Aura practitioner. I, I study under Aurora. She's my beloved nice, teacher. Yeah. We just started a yes. weekly show together, or a monthly show, yeah. I know, I know. I, I don't know, truth be told, I think I'm the one that mentioned years ago, I told her about you. I'm like, you gotta meet, you gotta talk to Laura. Next thing I know, you guys are doing videos. So I'm like, yes, I love oh, her Oh, no dearly. way, that's just amazing. Gosh, 
Just well, uh, oh, the, the last question I had for you, Laura, was um, what are your thoughts on the, the reincarnation trap theory and the, the white, the false white light? Do you agree with that or do you think it can be some kind of construct? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe in true divine light. Um, there's good dark and not so good dark and there's false light and there's true light, right? So the not so good dark is when we're in the dark, when we're unconscious, when we're not digging deep into the fullness of all that we are a lot can hide in the dark and control things. Um, an unconscious mind is not a healthy mind. It's easily mind controlled. The positive dark is the soil, the womb, the creative cauldron that can birth life, birth new realities, uh, magical children and physical children, you know, just our fertility. And, and this is within men and women because we have the masculine and feminine, the electric and magnetic circulating within our system. When we look at light, there can be the false light, false ego, uh, artificial light that is just based in, you know, uh, very superficial kind of things. Then you have true light. And to find that, I feel like you have to go through the dark night of the soul. You have to kind of face the underworld. You have to connect with your depth, your darkness in order to find that true divine light. So when it comes to reincarnation and all of that, we are going to keep looping in this time loop on this wheel of necessity until we break our relationship with false light and unconscious dark where things are controlling us. So yes, there is that sort of recycling, reincarnating because we haven't learned the lessons yet on the soul level. So we're going to keep having life experiences and soul experiences on this greater soul journey until we get a clue. And once we get a clue, we break that and we begin to open up to all possibilities where we can come and go from the physical as we please. We can be a little bit more in command of where we're heading next because we're way more mindful. We're way more conscious and we're not unconscious. We've, we've shed a light on our unconscious self, which is our multidimensional self that connects us all the way to the zero point unified field and God source, the cosmic Trinity or whatever you want to call it. And the, the diamond heart of the mother earth, you know, the tree of life template, which we're restoring. So until we break the cycle of unconscious dark, where dark controllers are hiding and false light, where we're just, in this duality and, and, and being appeased by the reward system, you know, getting good grades and having success and maybe being a celebrity and making a lot of money and being famous, you know, the false light that people get addicted to, you know, to gain status, to, to feel important. Um, once we break that kind of patterning and programming, then we're in divine light and we're in the darkness of the womb of the mother and we're restoring ourselves and we break um, our, need to spin on the wheel of incarnation and we begin to be more conscious and we can come in with the mission. We can come in to be of service to others. We can also be bridges and we can be stargate openers to help remind people of who they truly are so that they can break um, all of that and not be constantly recycled where the false light is pulling them back in to try again and see if you get it. So it's not bad. It just means you don't, you haven't gotten it yet. And once you do get it, You'll graduate from the duality of um, unconscious dark and false light. And then you'll move into the integration of polarity where the dark is fertile. It's the soil. It's the soul. It's the mother womb and the higher light, the divine light, the Christ, the Christos light, the seeds of our higher consciousness that will plant seeds in that soil to birth um, new realities and manifest our dreams and visions where we can co-create on the organic ascension timeline in oneness with mother earth and divine creator God source. That's amazing. Uh, well, I don't have any other questions. Um, do you have any other questions, Maya? 
No. Oh, I mean, I can I can talk forever, but um, questions. I mean, I guess what I would ask you is, you know, um, what do you what do you want to see happen moving like forward with with your with your mission? I guess you know. Um, I know you're doing a lot of interviews and stuff, but what do you what do you want? You know. Um, what do you want people to know really, you know, I mean, not that you've already been saying, I don't even know how to really put it, but there's so many levels to this. I'm trying not to like say too much. No, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, okay. Shield and protection, right? Yeah. I just, I hope people just feel hopeful and inspired and they can just let go of outer authority and this whole system, this whole vampiric system that manipulates and takes advantage of our wounds and our traumas and tries to pit us against each other, that you can have a breakthrough and see through that and start to feel encouraged and inspired of the beauty that's ahead of us, the beauty that you can manifest and create, um, the, the, the fullness of all that you like truly are, what your greater human potential is, and um, really utilize and, 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 and enjoy the human vessel that you've been given. Begin to switch on you know, the parts of our brain that we don't use the dormant DNA, let's activate it, you know, and, and people might be like, well, how do I do that? Well, it starts with um, just purifying, detoxing, deprogramming, um, finding your truth, being authentic, facing these more difficult aspects of self, going into the shadow side of things. And, and don't be afraid to work on that stuff. Uh, the negative ego, you know, the things that you might feel embarrassed to have to face, you know, humble yourself to the point where you're willing to look at it and remove yourself from whatever is keeping you in a dependency um, energetic cord with uh, things that are, are just really hurting you and, and causing you illness and, and unwellness just for the sake of like, you know, maintaining a relationship to some kind of reality that is not the true reality because that's all you feel, you know, or you're attached to it because you've invested so much in it. Don't be afraid to say goodbye to it. You know, you'll take away the good that you, you did and the things that you learned. You'll take that with you. But let go of the parts of it that are compromising you and be inspired to connect with something way more meaningful, way more um, beautiful that um, is regenerative, that is healing, that is transformative, um, that will remind you that you're the healer of yourself. You are the creator of your reality. And um, there's a lot of incredible tools, modalities, and, and the earth is just filled with medicines to support our journey and process. And it's time to divorce all that. Um, it's an imposter. It's, 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 it's a negative partnership with reality. It's time to embrace the true relationship with creation. Um, that is the, the just, it's, it's right under our feet. It's, it's the nature that surrounds us um, and, and it supports us. And it's an ascending planet that we are in oneness with. Everything else is a distraction that's feeding on us. It's harvesting us. It's stealing our life force. And, and we don't realize, or people don't realize they're enabling an artificial timeline and a trajectory that looks pretty dismal. So stop feeding it. Stop agreeing to it. Stop consenting to it. Stop participating in it. Stop your relationship with it. Because as long as you're in relationship to it, it's still alive. It only has power because you gave it power. The minute you stop giving it power, it doesn't exist as much anymore. You can begin to call that energy back and begin to become empowered and recognize that the true alignment and what you're connected to has nothing on that. You have a higher frequency than the dark technologies. You have a higher frequency than the 5G. You are a tower. You are a living human vessel. You're an advanced technology beyond the dark technologies. So don't fear it. 
It's not doom and gloom. As long as it has your mind, though, as long as it owns your emotions, as long as it's robbing you of your creativity and your imagination, and as long as it's separating you from your soul, your intuition, and your truth, yeah, yo, that's a problem. So be done with it. You know, it's like it's like that liberating divorce. Oh my God, I'm finally like done with that. <laughs> oh, I love and it. It's time it to move on to true so love, cute. right? The minute you break up with that, you know, that jerk, <laughs> what do you have to look forward to? The potential of a real experience, true love. And this is what we're doing mm. as a humanity. We're breaking up with the imposter matrix system, the dark alien agenda that has been playing on us, siphoning us, using us, taking advantage of us. And we're moving on to something so much more fulfilling. There's nothing we can't heal, transform or cure or restore or rehabilitate. So get excited. It's time to celebrate. And, and, and you know, it's been a very depressing time the last couple of years. Um, and, it's, and it's just time to cheer up because there's a lot to look forward to. Yes. That's awesome. Well, well, well said. I think that's why you're an amazing teacher. Yeah. Thank you. If you ladies want to tell everybody where your your websites and everything, whoever wants to go first, but tell them where to find you, where to find your books. Uh, yeah, uh, websites, well, my book will be published uh, sometime next year, and a lot more projects are going to come to light. But my website's cosmicguide.org. You'll find my Telegram channel there. My YouTube is Laura Eisenhower. You can find me on Facebook. These are uh, accounts that were censored, and I'm rebuilding them. So if you notice that we're not friends anymore, I did not block you or unfriend you. I only do that to really abusive, crazy people. Um, so find me, look me up again and um, I'm rebuilding and uh, yeah. And check out my subscription and uh, I do readings, medical astrology, intuitive astrology or whatever kind of astrology and uh, throw cards and um, connect people from all over the world. And um, you know, so if you're feeling isolated and alone and you need more like-minded people, I'm trying to do my best to provide something. And then a healing center and a retreat place here um, along with uh, similar visions that Maya has. So I look forward to getting to know you more. And and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And yeah, yes. <laughs> and Maya, can, can I'm going to book with find you soon, Laura. <laughs> oh, cool. That'll be awesome. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go, Maya, you guys. Your, okay. Thank you. You know what I find me SOS QHT. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Blessings and love.